everyone. Welcome back to Stage Directions. I'm Ashley Griffin, your theatrical Hermione Granger. Please excuse my voice for this podcast. I'm getting over a touch of laryngitis, but I'm very excited because I have a very special guest on today, the wonderful, incredible Broadway actress, Sarah Ford, or her full equity name, Sarah Jean Ford. Sarah Ford has been in so many amazing things. She was the original Louisa in the revival of the Fantastics. She is Honestly, I will stand by this, the best Christine I have ever seen in The Phantom of the Opera. She's been in A Little Night Music, Finian's Rainbow, and lots of other wonderful things. I've had the wonderful privilege to work with Sarah on a couple projects. She was in my Twilight parody musical Forever Deadward, and she was also in development of my play Trial, which you guys have probably heard a little bit about if you peruse the onstage network in general. I find Sarah such a remarkable performer for a lot of reasons, but especially because she does a lot of different things really well. She's very often cast as an ingenue. She has the voice of an ingenue. She looks like an ingenue. But she's also one of the most intelligent actresses I've ever seen. She's incredibly funny. And she brings all of those different aspects to all of her roles. And I think is the most interesting ingenue I've ever seen. And I'm really excited to sit down and chat with her today. So Sarah, thank you so much for being on my podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the business and all the boring questions that you always get asked in interviews. um, Yes, um, yes, let's see. I grew up in a very musical family, Mm -hmm. music-minded. My grandparents were barbershop singers. Um, Barbershop is the four-part harmony, acapella, old-school type of singing, and my grandpa was in a barbershop quartet and chorus always a comedic quartet awesome always um grandma was in the female affiliate which is sweet adeline's oh so sweet adeline's chorus and quartet and grandma mm-hmm. was a classically trained soprano oh wow up until the age of about like 19 and then i think she had to stop training and like actually help feed her family oh gosh so um so thus the classically trained soprano and the comedian <laughs> and then they became me um, they, they did they, they did they really yeah. helped raise me too my mom's a single mom and they were a huge part of my life. And my mom always loved musicals. I think mm-hmm. it sort of skipped a generation with her. She was like, could have been a singer, but like, you know, didn't. And um, yeah, then I was raised around that. And that, and that mm-hmm. was it. And my mom thought that she was, she said she felt like she was buying me like a book when she bought me a cast recording of something, Aww. you know. So, um, not to say that I didn't read, folks. I read, <laughs> I'm very well read. Um, but then, yeah, I was, I wanted to be on Broadway since I was um, eight. Um I started working professionally when mm-hmm. I was 10. Do yeah. you, did I ever tell you this? I don't think I so. I did background vocals in Hollywood. Oh, oh right. You grew up yes. in Los Angeles? Yes. As did I. So, yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, that's a lie. I didn't really grow up in Los Angeles. <laughs> I grew up outside of Los Angeles. We, drew, we drove in mm-hmm. every week on Wednesday nice. to go to this chorus to sing. And uh, that was when I started singing uh background vocals I don't know I did yeah. like an Animaniacs episode was my first yes and then I started doing like all these picket fences episodes do you remember picket fences no it was a very family friendly show <laughs> um and then we did Adam's Family Values and we sang with Michael Jackson and Molly nice. Crew and random people it was so random um, but I grew up in the studio essentially yeah that was like sort of where I started really singing how did that did you get an agent or did your no, family just have connections the chorus and... it was mm-hmm. like a, I joined the chorus because my mom was like this girl sings all the time she needs a place to sing that's exactly what happened with me yes yeah and my this... mom was tired of doing Cinderella with me in the living room right. every afternoon <laughs> yes the one woman shows 
of Annie. We're, yes. we're getting a little old that my mom was watching me play every single role. <laughs> so yeah, then I uh, we joined this chorus, and the lady that ran it was like this little old lady. She was like yeah. five feet tall, five feet wide, Aww. wore moo's, smoked like a chimney, short hair, face of wrinkles, and she talked like this. <laughs> and she was like, I can't guarantee she's going to work right away. <laughs> and my mom's like, I don't know what that means. And she said, oh, we do background vocals. I take 10%. And she essentially was my agent yeah. for those five years of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I wanted to study classically, and I wanted to like mm-hmm. actually really train my voice, so I did. And, and then I went to community college, and... And then somebody said, you should go to Carnegie Mellon. And I was like, okay. And then I went <laughs> and I got in. And I didn't yeah. even know that it was like a, you know, a really competitive school. And it was really great training. And I'm really glad I took those two years off yeah. in between to decide that that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And then after that, do I have to talk about my career? And then after that, <laughs> I got my first job. My first audition led to my first job. It was Fantastics, right? No, it was no. Wicked. Oh. Wicked in Chicago. I opened the Chicago company of Wicked. That's amazing. I did it for 0.2 seconds. Uh-huh. I just did. And then I, I left. Yeah. I left for nothing, which is like sort of been a theme in my career where mm-hmm. I like leave because I'm just like, I'm not satisfied here. <laughs> I'm moving on. Um, but you know, sometimes I think that can be a really good thing. It was, it was a good thing for me. I did it a yeah. lot. I like often left contracts just because... It was time for me to move on. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah. And then I got the Fantastics. And I moved to New York, mm-hmm. and then I did the Fantastics. And then I, then I, from there, I went and did Phantom of the Opera. Mm-hmm. And then I was just the little, you know, near bride princess <laughs> track at first, just filling in for, like, a little leave of absence. Mm-hmm. And then they offered me Christine on the Road, and then I did Christine on the Road. Nice. And, then, and then I left, another one of those leaving. Mm-hmm. And I went and did other stuff and did a couple other Broadway shows, a lot of my music, and... Feelings Rainbow, mm-hmm. and then I... And you were I, in How to Succeed as well, right? I was in How to Succeed after I... I so I went back to Phantom mm-hmm. on Broadway, and then that's when I got to play Christine. That's when I met you. Yeah. And then... Although, um, you were on my radar starting with The Fantastics. Oh. Because one of the original company members I went to NYU with. And oh, so really? Yeah, and so I was talking to them about the process because it was their first big, like, equity show. Oh. And I remember the first time I was talking, they were like, oh my gosh, the girl's playing Louisa, Sarah. She's really, really good. Oh, and I'm like, awesome. Nice. And then I went to see the show, and I'm like, no, she's really good. Oh, that's so nice. Well, and because <laughs> what I said in your intro, which you haven't heard yet, but you mm-hmm. will, is one of the things that I find so special about you is you are the just just the the most intelligent ingenue I've ever seen. Oh, that's so kind. Well, and <laughs> the on, an ingenue is certainly not all that you can do, but the thing that I love about watching you in those roles is, to me, there's a really big difference between innocence and stupidity and you are always so intelligent and hilarious and smart and with all the beats and everything within a role that often can just become generic I don't know why they often become generic but I don't either yeah yeah that's such a nice compliment thank you so much because I feel like I have struggled with it because I never mm-hmm. felt like a natural ingenue. I yeah. never, and I, I mean, the New York Times slammed me in that fantastic. Seriously? Yeah, they said that I was like too mature and too, wow. too grounded. Which too is something, grounded? Something that I got a lot in my youth. There you go. I never knew mm-hmm. that that could be a criticism, that you're too grounded. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't understand what that means because, like. Well, that's what I loved I about you. Well, thank you. And yeah. I, I guess I was sort of like, well, what, do you know anything about being a 15-year-old <laughs> like Ben Brantley? Yeah. Sorry, Ben Brantley, but I'm slamming you. Um, so, yeah. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. yeah. After after Fantastics, or no, after Phantom, when I did Phantom 
for like I think it was like 18 months or so that I was like pristine mm-hmm. and I was starting to get super like oh itchy I was getting itchy yeah and I um, was taking all these like comedy classes and improv classes and mm-hmm. I was just like I want to be a comedian I want to be I want to do comedic role on Broadway yeah. so I did another thing where I left I jumped mm-hmm. and the net appeared five months later and, and how to succeed and that's when I finally mm-hmm. got to be a little cuckoo on stage and I, I closed the show in two seconds I mean it closed like four months later so. well that was not because of you <laughs> no 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 but it was great I got to meet Michael Yuri and he nice. became one of my dearest after that um, yeah I was like I literally courted him I was like you you will be my friend forever yes um it was a great cast and I was so happy yeah. to do it and then well and you're yeah. hilarious because you. I mean that's how I cast you in Twilight was mm-hmm. I, I happened to see mm-hmm. you as Christine mm-hmm. and I was like who is this girl because this is the first like intelligent thinking human Christine I've, like, ever seen. Mm. And I looked, I'm like, oh, it's it's the girl from the Fantastics. The girl. And then mm-hmm. I stalked you on YouTube, mm-hmm. and I saw, um, I saw a couple clips, one of you sharing stories of things going wrong in your shows. Oh, yes. And then you doing the Singing Telegram Girl song oh, from yeah. Clue. And I was like, this girl's hilarious. <laughs> and we were, like, having a casting meeting for Twilight, and um, we were trying to cast the role, and I'm like, okay, guys, hear me out. I know she's not the first person who would come to your mind, Sarah Ford. Mm-hmm. And they're like, who? And I'm like, Christine on Broadway right now. And they're like, what? And I'm like, no, just watch. And I showed them like a couple of those clips. I'm like, it's going on a limb and just trust me. And then you came and did it and everybody like just fell in love with you and you're oh, that's brilliant. Nice. That's so nice. Well, it's true. Yeah. I love, I think that's all, always been the thing is I love to make people laugh mm-hmm. and I love to sing pretty songs. And I just want to do them at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> you don't always get to. Right. <laughs> now with all those things that you're good at and you love, how did you happen to decide to train classically? Um, I think I, I, I think it just sort of was like what my voice did. Mm-hmm. I think, um... See, that almost happened to me. I had a voice, I have a very high soprano, mm-hmm. and I had a voice teacher who wanted me to go into opera. Yeah. And I tried it for a little bit, and I was just like, mm, it's Yeah, I mean, not it wasn't, me. like, I mean, I, when I say I trained classically, mm-hmm. like, I didn't, like, really, like, I, I, that is, it's such a slam to all the people who really did train classically. <laughs> I, I did, uh, my voice teacher was such a classical teacher. His name is Paul Fagundes. He's amazing. He's in mm-hmm. Thousand Oaks. People, look, look him up. Um, I went back to him just a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Like, he still has so much to teach me. He's just wonderful. Um, but um, he really just, he gave me arias. Like, he yeah. just gave me arias. Because it really is the ballet of voice. Right. Like, if you just, if you understand how to how to support that sound, you mm-hmm. can do anything, I think. Um and then it was like, oh, wait, she has this, like, crazy high coloratura thing. And, and then I right after, I mean, like, right, like, two, three years later, when I was at community college, I did Kunaganda and Candide. And I was oh. like, oh, wait, like, I do this. Yeah. And it's rare and it's weird. And, and that's when I was like, wait, should I, do, should I do the opera thing? Yeah. And then, I, you know, I was going back and forth, and I finally asked my best friend's mom, who was, uh, who is a director and just a wonderful woman. Her name is Georgian Lees. Mm-hmm. And I said, do I want to study classically or do I want to study acting? And she said, do you want to study language or do you want to study Shakespeare? And mm. I was like, oh, I want to say Shakespeare. And she oh. was like, there you go. That's a really like, smart way of putting it. I was it. like, You're so, and, and ever since then, I'm like, sometimes I think about going back and getting my master's mm-hmm. and I'm like, I would get it in voice because I'm a voice teacher and I crave knowledge as a voice teacher. Yeah. I really do. Cause I, I don't feel like I know enough uh, as a voice teacher, but I'm like, I just don't want to study a language. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah. Maybe it was like Spanish, like something that's actually like useful in this country <laughs> or Chinese, Mandarin, but like yeah. French, all these romantic languages. I'm like, hey. Yeah. 
not knocking it, but yeah. yeah. So we were talking a little bit before we started recording about type mm-hmm. and with you bringing up the ingenue thing. Yes. What has your experience been with the whole typing situation? Because I've definitely had my journey with it. <laughs> I think women feel it harder. Mm-hmm. And I would never have said that on, uh, when, like, I wouldn't have said that maybe six years ago. Mm-hmm. But I think being a mom now, I feel it in a very mm-hmm. visceral way. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was t- saying to you that, like, I, in college, I was, like, I, I, I was, I am, I'm, like, just, like, a funky, weird weirdo, um, <laughs> and I was such a punk in, in college, I had, like, I had, like, gauged ear holes, you oh, know, wow. I had, like, stretch my ear holes, and I had, like, pink hair, and it was, like, really short and spiky and weird, and, yeah. um, not to say that I was, like, so different and emo, but, like, I was <laughs> definitely, like, I was just marching to the beat of my own drum, mm-hmm. and, um, and then I had, like, an experience where I had auditioned for the Phantom movie. We put ourselves on tape, me and this other girl, and she was a, sort of a Christine look. She had, like, this long, cascading, curly, beautiful hair. Um, and I didn't. And I was like, oh, she, like, based off of, like, our looks, like, she would get it and I wouldn't mm-hmm. because of how I look. Like, I know nobody's going to have imagination. And I was like, I think I'm going to have to change my look it's funny because now I think that if I if I graduated now I think mm-hmm. that industry would be a lot more accepting of that look and be a yeah lot more I think so open but it's that just goes to show how much it's changed in the past 13 years yeah and and I think social media actually has played a big part in that yeah. um but we we're talking about type yes I think you know it's amazing we're making all these amazing strides for race and um gender even mm-hmm. but female body type seems mm-hmm. to be the last thing to go and yep. it's, dr- it's driving me bonkers and I, I am in the scholastic field I work in educational institutions and I see it, it runs rampant there and there are you know old school teachers telling girls that are not too much heavier than me um, I'm like 120 um, <laughs> so like telling them that they need to lose weight in order to play Christine Day in Phantom of the Opera yeah. and, and I'm like uh, I, I think there's a better way to go about that conversation. Um, yeah. There's a way to say, hey, look, the industry is slow to catch up with what's, what should be accepted yeah. and acceptable. And we have to know that, like, the industry is going to see women, especially, a yeah. certain way. Um, but we do have to start changing the dialogue around it now. Yeah. And, 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 yes, you should be playing... Cinderella, like I, yeah. I, you know, and you're a, you know, African American woman who is um, 150, 175 yeah. pounds. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why not? Why the hell not? Absolutely. So, um, yeah, it's just I think we just have to change the dialogue. And then I, you know, I'm getting older. I'm like, I'm old now. And, you're um, not old. I'm not old. <laughs> but I, but I'm older, and um, and just like seeing how the industry. Yeah. Use age and what? Oh, once I had a baby, please. Like everything changed once I had a baby. Like casting directors saw me differently. Yeah, and like it was just like a whole. Even though I'll still walk in the room and look as young as I do. Right. I don't ever. I never played young. Mm-hmm. So that's I'm catching up to my earthy groundedness <laughs> that New York Times said. Yeah. But I don't know. It's like it's just all about who has an imagination. I don't. I don't understand it. Because I get maybe like in general if. The general size of someone has to do with the story. Yeah. But outside of that, I mean, the standards that people have are, like, unhealthy and unsafe and cruel. Well, and I think the dialogue is is starting here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this isn't the first time I've had this conversation with yeah. women. 
Um, but it is interesting that these some of these institutions that I have worked at are run by older people, mm-hmm. people that are in their 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s, mm, 60s, 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do notice it like that the pressure comes from that age group. Um, and so, you know, hopefully when we're running the show, right, we can change some things. But, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. It's fascinating. Yeah. Well, once once you sort of were like, I guess I'm falling into this ingenue type, mm-hmm. how did you then deal with taking on those roles? And, like, taking mm. Christine, for example, I was so impressed by how intelligent you were in it and the beat work that you had done with it and the arc that you had with it. Did they let you go in there and do that? Did they kind of leave you to your own devices? Like, how were you able to That's really bring question. yourself... I think that. at that point I had done Wicked and I had seen the way that like a machine worked mm-hmm. and seen, I, w- I really pushed it with Wicked and like they would say things like, oh, now you say this. And I'd be like, oh, but that's not in the script. And they're like, oh, but that's what our, our Glinda is doing right now. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, but that's not funny. Yeah. And they would be like, uh, what? Yeah. And I was like, and then, you know, and I didn't realize I was just fresh off the boat. I just came out of college and I was like, and they were like, well, you have to say it. I'm like, but that's. Right. That's what she's saying. That's funny on her, but that's not funny on me. And I didn't know how to play the game yet. And they'll start adding what, like, every Glinda had yeah, done. So eventually they're telling you, like, ten gags yeah, to it's do. just, like, too much. So I, but I didn't realize then, like, how to play the game. Mm. So I think by the time I got to Phantom, I kind of had, like, realized, like, just who to suck up with. Suck up with? Suck <laughs> up to, just who to make feel like all of my ideas were their ideas, mm. if that makes sense. Were these men that you had to make feel this way, primarily? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, um, I think I also, but I, but in that regard, I got their trust. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I came in, I came in very prepared because I watched it and I did her blocking in the audition. That's right. like all I did. I was just like, I'm just going to do her blocking so that I don't yeah. give them any questions. Yeah. So and that, not... and when I went in for it, I remember that you told me to do that. Yeah. 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 I tell everybody to do that. Yeah. I'm going to watch the blocking, just do the blocking and yeah. then fill, fill the, the mold. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, but I remember them being like, you're very well researched. And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and then I, I don't know. I think, I think, like I said, in those beginning conversations about the character, I think I just really like, I just made, I don't know. I just made, I made who was teaching me, who was a lovely person. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to like throw him under the bus. I made him feel like we were coming up with it all together. Yeah. And, um, and, and I mean, and in a way he did inspire me, but I also just like, I I, I played that game really well. Did you, (laughs) did you walk in knowing what you wanted to do with it or did you feel like you needed to discover and were you able to do that in the rehearsal room at all or was it you just going home and kind of doing the work on your own? Yeah, I went home and did a lot of the work on my own and I came in with things and, and there were times when I was told that I was too, um, strong and to um you know that like she or like even like just like certain parts of my voice would get really strong maybe like maybe not so much there and um yeah yeah I I think I'm trying to think back it's been years it's fascinating (laughs) in total I've been with that company like just like if I still sort of still consider myself part of that company because I could come in in a moment's notice but like that on and off for like 10 years now, which yeah. is so wild. Well, and last, I saw you go into the ensemble track, mm-hmm. which in the best way, I don't mean in any way that you were like scene stealing, but like mm-hmm. I couldn't stop watching you. You had like a three act play going on that I, I had That's where I learned loved. how to act. That's where I like learned how to like be because it was in the yeah. ensemble. It's like the best. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, yeah, um, I'm trying to think of like more stuff. I, I mean, I read, I read like you know different translations of Phantom, mm-hmm. I guess, um, in order to prepare. Um, my voice teacher, my that that one I mentioned before, Paul, mm-hmm. he really helped me with like vocal phrasing and like how to tell a story through your music. Mm-hmm. And I think that because the whole show is just music, you know, yeah. I think that really helped me to just like find her in a crescendo or find yeah. her in a, in a piano, that's a piano, forte, like whatever mm-hmm. that was and why. Um, yeah. Because that's what he always said. Look at a piece. If it says mezzo forte, why? If it says crescendo here, why? Right. If there's a comma, observe the comma. Yeah. You know, like it was all just stupid little stuff like that. Yeah. That like made such a difference and we would just dissect a piece. And yeah. I do that with my students now and I think they might want to kill me, but I'm like, I tell them, I'm telling you, this is, it'll set you apart. I'm like, listen to Barbara Cook singing Anyone Can Whistle. Just yeah. do yourself a favor. That's, that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What would your advice be? Because a lot of times, unless you're originating a role in a show, um, you're with the stage manager yes. putting you in. Yes. And which can be so difficult because, you know, the way that you get trained is, you know, you go in a rehearsal room and you find things and you I play know, and so you work fun. with the director. And so what would your advice be to somebody who is facing sort of going into that world where you're not really necessarily going to have a director and you're kind of directing yourself emotionally and you don't have that to good, bounce off of question. I, I feel like I, I feel like I got good at it I'm sorry Sarah's cat oh, just walked in the room yeah, and I'm in love you've met this kitty right he's I don't the know. best he's the best in the whole world um, my advice for replacing I guess you could say yeah um, I I watch 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 and I steal 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 yeah. and then I throw away all the other things yeah. and then uh, or I'm like, that's a funny moment, but you're not taking it as far as you could. Or um, <laughs> I... Uh, you kind of have to be your own director. Yeah. But I think, I think yeah, I think that probably yeah. has helped me. I remember I, I worked with Vicki Clark, Victoria mm-hmm. Clark, um, <laughs> two years ago. And I said something about, I was like, because she's like, oh, well, I, I train in directing, blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, well, I'm on... I'm more of a writer, and she was like, no, you're a director. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, was like, she was like, no, you're a director. Yeah. I think that's probably where I started to see my eye yeah. go because of the, all of the replacing that I've done. I've done so yeah. much replacing. Mm-hmm. I made a career out of it. Well, because really. you're good at it, and people know they can rely Thank on you. you to do it. <laughs> but I think it's a real disservice with a lot of um, musical theater performer education because I've, I've said it before, but actors, I think, are in a difficult situation in that mm-hmm. even if you're... It's okay. The kitty. I love him. He can do whatever he wants. Um, Actors, even if you're originating a role in a new piece, Mm -hmm. you're the last person to come in. Like, the writers have been writing this for a long time. They've been working with the production team for a long time. Mm -hmm. And even if you're the first actor to do it, you're still auditioning to do something that already exists. Yes, that's true. So there's this... I think this real feeling of like, I need to be right and I need to be what you want me to be so that I can ha- and actors don't really have the opportunity to do their job unless someone gives them the opportunity. If you're yeah. writing, you can go in your room and do it anytime. Yeah. But for an actor, it's like to a degree, I have to be what you want and I can't do my job unless you give me the, the opportunity. Option, the opportunity. Yeah. And so there's this real feeling and I think it's emphasized in education too of being people pleasing to a degree which isn't always bad but it's like I want to get it right for you but I feel like nine times out of ten performers find themselves in a situation of there's no one to get approval of because there's like no director in the room and I'm I have to satisfy myself with this performance and I have Mm -hmm. to give myself feedback and 
Well, I think yeah. that's when you can really rely on your your scene partners mm. and your your fellow your fellow men yeah. around you. Yeah. I remember going into How to Succeed because um, Rob Ashford never saw me do it. And oh man, he auditioned me. Yeah, and um, cast me that day. Wow, and then um, and then that was it. Yeah. And I, he never saw me, and it was uh, it was it was a shame that he never saw me because we I, I mean I had a great time. Yeah. Um, but I remember coming out that first day and just like I was like I got to make bold choices. Like mm-hmm. I just got I, I only had like a week and a half to rehearse that role and yeah. I was on Broadway, so uh, it was Smitty for the folks at home. Um, <laughs> so uh, that was when I was just relying on my my scene partners, and I was Michael Park uh, was my boss in the show, mm-hmm. and I you know, sort of just, like, tagged along with him, and, like, I fed off of him, and we had such a good time, yeah. and we got off, I remember we got off stage after our first scene, and he was like, you're funny, and and I was like, okay, good, that worked, <laughs> I didn't know, yeah. and then, of course, I tried to replicate it, like, a thousand times after that, and couldn't figure it out, and I was like, all right, this is where you have to start playing games with yourself, and yeah. try to figure out the new stuff, um, but, uh, you know, if I had had Rob Asher in the room, I would have said, can I not wear glasses, mm-hmm. I don't think she needs to be look kooky she already right. is kooky enough you know can I do this can I, do, I would have had all these ideas but yeah I, I I couldn't do that so I had to still fill that mold so it is like it is a little frustrating on, on some degree because you yeah. don't get to really put your stamp on things yeah um with Christine I felt like I got to put my stamp on her I that's really good did. I didn't feel stifled and and mm-hmm. there were times when I was like wow like she is a pawn this yeah. woman is not she has like I mean, her strongest moment of the show is when she backs the Phantom into that chair at the end, mm-hmm. and she says, you deceived me. I yeah. gave my mind blindly. And she's facing upstage. Mm. And I was like, are you? And I, I kept trying to, like, prove <laughs> myself. They were like, no. She has to face upstage looking at him in the chair. Right. And then I remember I stepped outside and I watched it. And I was like, oh, this is genius. This is how Prince at his best. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. He This whole show is about the Phantom. She is a pawn. She's meant to be a pawn. Mm-hmm. I got it from a director's standpoint. And then I was able to fill it more. Yeah. So I think actually being able to step out and watch the show, mm-hmm. we don't always have that when we're originating something. Right. So as... You know, as a replacement, you can get the opportunity to see what they're trying to do here and then fill it to the best of your ability, I guess. Do you have a performance that you're most proud of or feel like you overcame the most with or... Mm, Just in general? Yeah. Um, I played Dot in Sunny the Park of George and I was going through like a hard time where I was like just starting to go through a, a huge breakup with my, um soon to be ex-husband and so it was like a really hard time oh that's like, not the show you oh, want to yeah. do when you're going through that yeah and it was a um, it was one of those things where I was like don't take this on stage with you don't be that masochistic you know <laughs> mas- like just like don't be that like yeah. person um but we all do a little we bit. do a little bit <laughs> um but I definitely it, it was one of those things where I just felt I got to be vulnerable like instantly I mm-hmm. told my cast immediately because I had a breakdown in the middle of rehearsal one day yeah. and I was like well here we are, you know. Yeah. Like, if I want you, to, if I want to trust you, you gotta trust me. And here's my information. And now let's go. And we were yeah. all like, let's go. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think um, that was where I was like, oh, like pulling from your life, you know, wh- while it's happening is really hard. Mm-hmm. But w- once it's happened, is really useful to like actually like work through it in the rehearsal room. So you're not taking it on stage with you. Yeah, you've 
you've already explored in the rehearsal room. Mm -hmm. So you're not like giving the audience like an uncomfortable time. (laughs) Um, I think that was like one of the, one of the most successful roles that I got to do. Um, Yeah, I think that was it. And what was something that was maybe the most frustrating that you feel like you didn't necessarily really... The Fantastics. Yeah? Yeah. How so? Well, my lovely, lovely director, Tom Jones, uh, admitted, I think, three or four months after we opened that he never should have directed it. And we were all like, ding, 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 Tom. (laughs) Um, We love him. We love him. But he's he's just not really a, a, a director and he, and directing your own work and the whole thing, um, and he he gave me line readings Ooh. and um, you can hear them all over the soundtrack. Uh, oh. Like listening to the soundtrack, I'm like, that's not me. None of that is me. It's <laughs> like so like a weird cookie cutter false weird thing. And that was another moment where I was like, Tom, do you know what it's like to be a, a 15, 16 year old girl? Like, <laughs> I'm just wondering. Um, I know you wrote this, but uh, yeah. so that one was where I think. Uh, like five months into it six months into it I was like I hit my stride mm-hmm. but it took me a long time to get his voice out of my head yeah uh, and and that was and it was funny because then he, I was on stage with him every night yeah you know I love him as a scene partner I love him as a writer oh, I love him as a writer yeah. I got to work on his Harold and Maude this last summer with Vic, Vicki Clark directing oh that sounds like fun. so wonderful um, but yeah as a director I was like <laughs> leave it leave it mm-hmm. Tom so yeah Maybe that one. Are there roles that you've always wanted to play and haven't had the opportunity yet? Well, I still am, you know, I'm loving, I've originated two roles, um, not on Broadway, but, mm-hmm. you know, uh, on that, those, like, pre-going to Broadway, but it's not going to happen kind of runs. Yeah, yeah. I still want to originate something. Like, that's important. Um, I want to play Calamity Jane. I, oh, I do. and you did it at 54 Below. I did. Yeah. And I'm still working on it, mm-hmm. trying to get the rights. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that. Uh, <laughs> it's an interesting show in its original form. In its yeah. original form. It's a mess. Yeah. That's why nobody does it. It's so racist. Yeah. Um, um, I still want to play, like, Eliza Doolittle. Mm-hmm. I still want to play, um, uh, I would like to do Marion again, Music Band, mm-hmm. just because I did it once before, but I'd, I'd like to do it again. Yeah. Um, and I really want to play Guinevere. Oh, you'd be a great Guinevere. I really want to play Guinevere. Guinevere frustrates me. Yeah, she, oh, she's so frustrating. That's yeah. why I like her. She's a mess. Yeah. She's an absolute mess. <laughs> she's like got a super duper Achilles heel. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching the movie for the first time when I was a kid, and I'm like, I don't get it. I like Arthur so much more. Like, what's yeah. her problem? <laughs> yeah. That's why I like her. I yeah. She's a mess. So that would be fun. Um, and what about plays and stuff? Do you like doing plays? I do like doing plays. I haven't done one in a thousand years. Mm. Um... Yeah, I know when you did Trial, you mentioned that you didn't do a lot of plays, and it it made me very angry and shocked me that people don't cast you in plays more. I don't cause... do a lot of plays. Um, a dream role, I want to play Puck. Oh. <laughs> I've always wanted to play Puck. Yes. Always, always, since since high school. Yeah. Um, I think I also was supposed to, and I went and did, like, the National High School Honor Choir instead. Yeah. And I still think about it. I'm like, I should have played Puck. Mm. Um, that's one... Um, I'd like to, um, oh, there was one recently that I was like, I really want to be her. I don't remember what it was. I really just want to be Cynthia Nixon's sister and something. Mm. <laughs> you could do Rabbit Hole with her. I could. Yeah. I could do Rabbit Hole. Actually, I think that's the one that I was thinking of. Yeah. That actress, what's her name that did that? Oh, I don't remember. She, every time I see her in something, I'm like, you're playing the role I would want to play. Mm. Like, I forget what but she's wonderful. I was at like the final preview of Rabbit Hole Ugh. and there was a couple, an elderly couple sitting in front of me that 
opening the show, like, Cynthia Nixon comes out, she gets, like, the star applause, she waits for it to die down, and, like, the second it had died down, and she was, like, opening her mouth to start the show, this woman in front of me just goes really loudly, that's Cynthia Nixon! Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. And the whole audience just, and somebody's, like, yelled at her, like, be quiet. She's like, what? What? Why are they saying? And you could see Cynthia on stage just, like, flinch and just be like, I'm just, just going to... Yeah, it's gotta go. It's gotta go. <laughs> David Lindsay Abair. Like, I love all his stuff. Yeah. Wonder of the World. Mm-hmm. I'd like to do that play. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you could address all of the casting directors and directors and stuff out there, what would you want to share with them and tell them about yourself? About myself? Yeah, that, like, you would want them to know and be aware of, like, um, when, cons- <laughs> when considering casting you or whatnot. Uh, that I am worth the risk. <laughs> I think that's good for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think everyone is worth the risk. I think casting directors get such a bad rap there that they have the hardest job out of anybody in the whole yeah. the whole thing. Because uh, they really get, like, they get shad all over. They do, by everyone. They have such a hard time getting to take risks because they're so worried about getting shad on. And I get it. I totally get it. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm always worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that people like I was I was starting to mention and I've mentioned on other podcasts or whatnot that I worked with this wonderful guy, Sam Christensen, who mm-hmm. he dealt with typing by instead of it being about your type, he would help you get down to what he called like your essence mm. or your myth or something mm-hmm. about the the central story like in your soul that like, like that. made up you mm-hmm. and that you then took that into any role that you did, but it also meant that you would gravitate towards certain ones. Mm-hmm. I like that. And I find that that's really helpful both as a performer and when I'm looking to cast people is I like to cast somebody's essence, not what they look like. Right. Because they're often very different things. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think that that's like, I guess this, that's the most interesting thing for me right now is that it's like, oh, she's too young. Oh, she's too old. Right. Oh, it's like, and then, then that, that's where things stop. They're like, well, she, we don't want to take her to blah, 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 because all the other people are going to be old. But it's right. like, well, is it going to waste their time to see something really good in the material? I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. It's not my job. And you've moved into teaching a lot now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How are you enjoying that? I'm so grateful for it because I love, I'm such a nurturer in general. Mm-hmm. And so um, I love being able to like bring young people up and out of themselves and yeah. out of their heads. Um uh, yeah, I teach acting at two different institutions, and then I also teach private voice, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's funny, because, like, over time, I've started to be like, oh, I'm a better acting teacher than I'm a voice teacher, because, mm-hmm. like, I kind of really know what it's like to have to get out of your own way, but then with voice, like, it always came so naturally to me, so, but now it's starting to do, like, it's starting to, like, flip-flop, Yeah, I'm starting to feel like I'm a better voice teacher, <laughs> so it, it's just... But I'm also training. I'm like I'm taking mm-hmm. voice lessons, and so that helps because. Yeah. You know, so I'm like maybe I just need to get an acting class. What are the things that you try to teach that maybe you feel like you didn't get when you were learning, or things that really affected you that you want to make sure you pass on? Yeah, like that. There's not just one road mm-hmm. to God. Yeah. <laughs> you could say that about God or about training. Um, there's not one road to good acting. Mm-hmm. There's like many different roads. And yeah. it's not just Meisner. It's not just Stanislavski. It's not just any of these old school methods that really are like old. Mm-hmm. They're old. Yeah. Um, find your own way. Uh, and that's one. Um, 
And uh, the other thing I keep saying is that, like, this is just the kernel of something more. Yeah. Why mere focus? Uh, my focus was so Broadway-specific. I was like, I was off of that plane, and I was like, I will be on Broadway. Yeah. And then now, 13 years out of college, I'm like, oh, okay, so I'm also this, and I'm that, and I'm this, and I'm that, and mm-hmm. how do I redefine? And, you know, so I, I want to, like, encourage my students to just widen their focus. Yeah. And one of my, like, most, like, treasured students is at Rutgers now, and she might leave the school because she's demanding more out mm-hmm. of her education, and they're not giving it to her, and yeah. I'm just like, go! And yeah. she's like, I want to direct, I want to do this, I want to do that, and people are like, but are you not acting? She's like, no, I'm still acting, I'm doing everything, I can yeah. do everything. Yeah. And I'm like, so proud of her, I just had a meeting with her the other day, oh. I had a coffee with her the other day. That's and awesome. And I feel like that's, I'm like, I, these are the things I said to you, and you have like, now she's growing into a woman who's saying them and owning them, and mm-hmm. it's not like she's not hearing my voice in her head. Yeah, it's her voice, yeah. and that's really cool. Yeah. So yeah. Um, what's a? I, you've done a lot of interviews and stuff over your lengthy Have career. <laughs> um, what's a question you've always wanted to be asked that nobody ever asks you? Ooh, that's good. I don't know. Um, that's my favorite question to ask people. What is a question I always wanted to be asked? Hmm. What's, well, one that I am asked now lately that I'm actually enjoying is, like, being a mom in mm. business, I guess. But yeah. mm, you were probably going to ask that one anyways. Um, <laughs> um, I think the, the question I like the most is um, what is, like, how, how do I get through all the rejection and how do I get through all of the hard stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that, like, that is the, at its essence, like, what makes me feel like the most me and most grounded mm-hmm. and most authentic is that having to figure out how to to get through that and yeah. um because I feel like it asks more of you and it it asks for it, it um it does it's not me talking about like oh and then I just like focus on my character and then like <laughs> I just like make sure I hit that really high C you know, like it's not that it's not all technique it's about like what's inside of you like what's what are in your guts and in your yeah. soul and um, that was something I had to learn immediately upon mm-hmm. entering the world of the biz. It yeah. is like, what, how am I going to handle these rejections and how am I going to keep stay in my lane? And it's really like trust and God and spirituality and yeah. meditation and, you know, really um, and finding your village and finding mm-hmm. your people and making sure that you cut out the people who are not yeah. serving you and yeah. um, not cut them out, but maybe just go mm, back burner. Um, yeah. You know, like I think those are prob- probably the most important aspects of a human. Yeah. Um, I was just like talking to somebody the other day and he said, nobody ever asks, like when you go to a party, they don't go like, how like so like how are you doing like how are you figuring out the meaning of life yeah they don't do that they're like yeah so how, what are you doing with your days like what, yeah. you, what you've been up to and yeah. then it's like i hear some footsteps mm-hmm. is she standing over there <laughs> she's okay. running through okay um that's sarah's beautiful daughter annie that's my child maybe we can get her to say a few words um, later maybe yeah but yeah i think that's like the most that's like the core of everyone that's like the real yeah. stuff And I think people don't always realize it. Like, I think, too, until you get to a certain point, you're sort of under the illusion that once you get that first Broadway show, like, you're set. And you're just going to go, like, kind of from show to show. And No. Yeah. No. And, I mean, I had seven seven years of, like, woo, like, riding it. Yeah. And then then I had a baby. And, like, everything changed. Yeah. Which I think is ridiculous because... (laughs) 
if that changes you at all, it changes you in a wonderful way of adding something to your life. It doesn't Absolutely. change who you are no. as a human being or a performer. No. Except for enriching you. Yes. But, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Annie. There she is. Yes. Annie, do you want to say something into the microphone? This is Sarah's beautiful daughter, Annie. You want to talk? You want to say something? No. Okay. You don't have to talk. You can yeah. just sit on my lap. Yeah. Let's not touch it. <laughs> you want to say yeah. something? Yeah. Why are you just <laughs> Do you like performing, Annie? Yeah. No? <laughs> what do you like doing? What do you like doing? Dribbling. 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 Do you like playing basketball? And singing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else? Swimming. Swimming. Playing with your dolls. Playing pretend. We yeah. We playing pretend, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The newest game, we well, the game we've been, we were playing earlier was Girl and Her Babysitter, and her babysitter is in a wheelchair, and she also <gasps> no, just happens no, no. to be pregnant. <laughs> oh, no, no, not in a wheelchair? No, no, I don't do. No. no? Okay, okay. Actually, I heard on the new one. Is there anything you want? There's a lot of people listening to this. Is there anything you want to say? Do you have any words of wisdom you want to impart? No? Just to be happy? Don't yeah. Don't be happy? Boo. Boo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, we got a couple more minutes, and then we're going to hop in the bath, okay? Yeah. I'm Annie, and this is my mom singing. <laughs> <laughs> She's adorable. She's a good kid. I yeah. like her a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, you also have a class that's coming up in June, right? I do. Would Thank you like you to? Give me a plug. Of course. I think everybody should go, and I've been recommending it to everybody so that I know. You. Thank you. Yeah. It's called Song Lab, and it's really just like a place to like play and mm-hmm. experiment. And I really want it to be sort of like not audition specific, but just like really like how do we understand who we are and who we bring in the room with us kind mm-hmm. of thing. I think it's really important to get up in front of people and perform because it's really scary to do yeah. that. It's scarier than just auditioning. So yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what it is. It's in June every Monday night from mm-hmm. five to seven. And if people are interested, how can they get in touch with you? You can email me. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say it. SarahJune412 at gmail.com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How is the, the gene part coming with your... Yes, yeah, so when name. I joined Equity, I had to take the my middle name, Jean, because somebody has my name, Sarah Ford. And at first I was like, mm, okay. But, you know, there's a Sarah Jane. There's a couple Sarah Janes out there. I get called Sarah Jane accidentally mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and really now, everyone just sort of knows me as Sarah Jean in this business. That's just like what they call me, Sarah Jean. And it's... Um, it, I don't know, like a, for lack of better words, like infuriating. Because yeah. it's like just straight up not my name. Yeah. And I think my name has always just been, like, a lot. I am John Proctor. Like, I really am, like, it, my name has been a lot. You know, I was born with my father's last name. I don't know my father's, so, mm. like, that haunted me for a while. And yeah. finally, we eventually changed it to Ford. Yay, now I'm Ford. Yeah. But then the Jean's there. Now everybody calls me Sarah Jean. It's, like, a thing. So, anyways, yeah. I've been, like, going on a quest to find this Sarah Ford and mm-hmm. ask her. So, if I, you're out there. If you're out there, Sarah Ford. Sarah Ford. Ford. <laughs> I'd love to speak with you in yeah. a very kind manner. <laughs> we don't have to have a fight about it. Yeah. Um, I just want to like see, you know, how, I don't know. I just want to talk about it, figure yeah. out what it is. I at this point, I'm like, maybe I'll just change it to like my first name, True, mm-hmm. True Sarah Ford, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and then be like, oh, whoops, typo, put Sarah Ford in the program. Mm-hmm. No, that's not gonna happen. 
And how okay. do you have a website? Do you, what are your social media handles? I how can have, people follow that's you? Good. I don't have a website. I'm working on it right now. I'm gonna get pictures taken taken next month for Ooh. it. It's very exciting. Um, no, but I have. Let's see. I think I'm at Sweet Ford on Instagram, and I think I'm at Sarah Jean Ford on Twitter. But I'm mm-hmm. never really on Twitter. It's really just Instagram. Yeah. Um, and that's that's me. Awesome. Yeah. Is there anything else that you would like to share, or any stories you would like to impart? Oh gosh, I don't know any stories. Any things you want archived for history, <laughs> so they're out there somewhere. Um, no, I don't know. What I, what I can't okay. think of anything else. Just go be yourself. Nice. I like that. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> go follow Sarah as yeah. my voice squeaks. Go follow Sarah. She's really, really good. And go see her in all the things. And go take her class, because honestly, she's like one of the best teachers I can recommend. That's so nice so, of you to say. Thank do you. Do it. I'm really nice. I'm really kind. She but is. I'm also really hard. She's hard in like the best way, in the way that you want a teacher to be hard. That's good. Yeah. Thank you. I'm Absolutely. working on it. Yeah. Because of my mom. That's why. Moms are the best. Moms yeah. get stuff done. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. Anything else? I think that's good. I figure if a girl wants to be a legend, she should just go ahead and be one. And who said that? Calamity Jane. Mm-hmm. It's, that's pretty. That's an amazing quote. It is. It's on your wall too. Mm-hmm. It has to be. Yep. <laughs> Will you send me some clips of you singing that I can intermittently put in this I for can. later? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What do you want? Whatever you enjoy the most. Okay. Yeah. Sure. And on that note. Just moved in to 14G, so cozy, calm, and peaceful. Heaven for a mouse like me, with quiet by the leaseful. Pets are banned, parties too, and no solicitations. Window seat with garden view, a perfect nook. To read a book, I'm lost in my Jane Austen when I hear. (laughs) Say it isn't so, not the flat below. Thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. I'm Ashley Griffin, your theatrical Hermione Granger. And if you have any things that you'd like me to talk about in future episodes, please hit me up on social media or on my website, ashleygriffinofficial.com. Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N, like Gryffindor with an I instead of a Y. I hope you're all doing really well, and I'll see you next time. (music) 